Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I'm recording my lessons from last podcast. Who are you talking to this week? Nushin Elahi. And what's her story? Well, it's about losing most of her known anchors in life pretty much at the same time and how finding the courage to say yes to conquering her fear of flying led her life along an unexpected yet very expansive path. Was there a porcupine on this path? I think he might be found up in the aeroplane perhaps, or maybe flying in the clouds. That sounds interesting. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Lessons from Loss podcast, in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn from them. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I talk to a different guest. But before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of my guests in sharing their story and also the impact that hearing these stories has on you, the listener. So please look after yourself as you listen. Today, I'm talking with Nushin Elahi. Today, a mindset coach, speaker, blogger and possibly of most interest to me, a pilot. But five years ago, the bottom fell out of her world. Her mother's health declined to a point where she needed full-time nursing care. And Nushin lost not only her childhood home, but her career too. Her marriage felt stale and her children had flown the nest. Through her flying, she found new passion and purpose. And I'm intrigued to find out more. So welcome along, Nushin. Hello, Rachel, and thank you very much for having me here. I'm really excited to be sharing my story with you and your listeners today. Oh, lovely. Yes, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued as to how the flying helped you. But first of all, maybe you could explain a little um, as to what was going on at the time. So sort of how or why did the decline of your mum's health have such a sort of a, a huge impact on, on you losing your childhood home and, and your career as well? Well, I suppose we'd... Um... Looking back on it, it was a really magical place. We'd lived in the same home in a wonderful area of South Africa. And it was also my mother's studio and exhibition space. And I'd been curating exhibitions for her for um, over 20 years, about 25 years. And that was a huge part of my working life. I was a a mum. Uh, basically a stay-at-home mom, as it were. I'd done, I'd always worked in the arts. I was an arts journalist. Um, and then we moved across to the UK, but I'd still go back every year and do an exhibition with her, set up an exhibition. And I would write about art exhibitions for various magazines from um, London, send them to uh, South Africa. And everything sort of concertinaed at the same time. We we had to, she stopped being able to paint. I'd done, at one stage, I had about five exhibitions on the go, which was probably uh, a bit, well, it was totally manic. <laughs> and then she stopped being able to, I, I did a big retrospective at um, her local city art museum. And knowing that that was probably the last exhibition she'd hold. And um, then I had to pack up her studio and um, she went into a care home and she never came out of that. And we packed up the home and it was very much a watershed moment because the places I'd been writing for online had gone 
that had gone from real magazines that you could hold to online and then um, reduced in, in how much art they put out. And everything seemed the kids left the home. It, it was a, a very scary, stagnant part. And I think a lot of people go through that where suddenly all the, the known landmarks disappear. And that's something I, I found in flying too, when you fly in different weathers. Uh, you can find the known landmarks can suddenly disappear. So was it a bit like a perfect storm in a way? Then? Absolutely. Actually, you know, Absolutely. not all of those factors were connected, but they just all all came together at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was suddenly left with what looked like a very bleak and boring future, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my time, my energies, I obviously had spent an awful lot of time on her art, but no longer, you know, as she was no longer producing, I no longer had that outlet. And um, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And and I, I sort of thought, oh, my gosh. And I think a lot of people at, at that point um, go downhill. It's sort of they buckle down for, okay, it's all downhill from now. And I, there were very many points where I wondered whether what, what I would find and, and life felt grim, really, really rather grim. And I suppose also packing up at, um, in her home in South Africa, which had been my childhood home, and then coming, coming back home and not being sure actually whether I'd be packing up my marital home too. It was it was uh, my husband was just working, 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 and and everything felt stale and scary. And um, I was look, thinking about this before our talk. The, the most important thing I found from this was you take the opportunities that come, even if you don't know where they lead. And the one opportunity that opened up for me was to go flying. Now, I say that not as someone who spent my whole life dreaming of being a pilot. I had spent my entire, um, I think I'd been married about 25 years then, saying to my husband, you fly. He, was, he had become a pilot as a, as a young man. I said, if you ever want to fly, you do it on your own. I'm not interested. He had got a friend to take me for a flight uh, before we got married. And the guy, I think rather stupidly looking back and knowing what it involved, had done a, a role with me. <gasps> and I could just remember being queasy and absolutely hating that experience. I never wanted to go in a plane again, you know, certainly not a little plane. Um, I, did, I flew backwards and forwards from South Africa, no problem. But the idea of actually going up in the sky was not for me. You know, that was something he did. and then. I, I, I went on a course and one of the things I took from that was be open to opportunities. And I think it's the most important um, message of just it's, it's having an open mind rather than shutting down. And when we shut down, we block out things that we, the, the opportunities of what may be there because we have a, prescriptive idea of I'm expecting this and that's not there 
Yes, um, you go into very sort of blinkered vision, I guess. Yeah. 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 And it's that being an expansive mindset. So when I went to the airfield one, Derek was actually building a plane. He's built another one since then. Um, and the uh, flying instructor said, do you want to jump in with me? And I was, everything in me was screaming, no, I don't. Please ignore me. Just go away. And I knew I had to say yes. And I was petrified, absolutely, 100%, totally terrified. I got in the plane and I didn't understand how any of it worked. And I think I, I've sort of detached from that. But I remember this. I didn't know how it was happening, what was happening. I'd come from an arts background. The, the whole concept of flying and physics and air, you know, what happened in space, how, how the aeroplane moved was totally alien to me. But it was fascinating and it was beautiful. That's, that's something I remember from that first trip. And it's never stopped being awe-inspiring in every way, just being above the ground and looking down. I suppose it's an art form in its own way. It is. It? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it was this incredibly visual um, experience of seeing what so few people have the opportunity to, to experience. And so it grew. My, my daughter was there too that day. And um, this guy said to me, your daughter's a born pilot. And I agreed with her to we had share lessons because I she was also just going into teaching and so she had a, a summer and and then she dropped out and said no it's not for me now and I, by then I was hooked I didn't how know lessons, where it's how many lessons did it take for you to get hooked not that many it, it was just such a different world for me and very if you can imagine the arts, journalism, every the, it was it was, and I'd been before that had been a theatre reviewer, um, all very female, feminine mm. um, environments, and this was very male, very different. These guys could all fix engines and do things that that were totally beyond me, but there was this magic being unfolded every time I went up and it was I just lit up it was it, it was magical and I had no real I didn't want to learn to fly but there because of the uh, because it wasn't it's a technical thing but it wasn't GA flying it was microlight flying which is like the cheap end lower end of um, flying the affordable part right. of flying and um, they didn't offer, they, there was no means of just going on joy rides. You had to be a prospective student. So, and eventually these guys were so sort of dismissive because they're not, I think 5% of pilots are women. And there was Gosh, something in me that either. kicked in. No. <laughs> and even less in, in the microlight area, which is where guys, um, you know, it's very much more hands-on. Um, as in Derek was building his own plane. Um, and there was something about this just assumption that you won't get your license, you won't learn. Um, like women don't, they can't, they're rubbish. They, they just kicked into my uh, 
and I thought I'll show I'll show you guys. And I think it was just bloody mindedness half of the time that got me to the point at which I got my license because it was oh, hang about you know I'm anytime as good as you guys. Um, so, and I didn't I still didn't know what I was going to do with it. There were times I was thinking I'd write a because um, I'd worked in television and. I thought maybe I, maybe I can write a soap opera about these they were fascinating characters that I was meeting at the airfield, totally out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, and, and then I thought, well, and my husband was amazing at that time, just saying, well, go for it if you're having fun and you're enjoying it. And I was enjoying it. Um, just see where it goes. And where it went was... I, I realized that there were a lot of women in that sort of stuck, closed headspace that I'd been in, literally just weeping about what am I doing with the rest of my life? Mm. And I think there's something about aging too, where we life changes, the whole ball game changes, and we've got to embrace a new version, a different version, and not just mourn, and it works on every level, not just mourn what has passed, but then turn around and embrace what's there, what's new. But until we can open our mind to a new, another, a different, if we're only focused on the loss and what we haven't got, then you you like driving with your eye in the mirror, in the rear view mirror, yes. and you're not going forward. Um, and so I was always looking out for the for the potential of what could happen. Yeah, could but I mean, I was available. just describing to my husband about the the fact that it's so different and every single flight you can you can do so what they call circuits when you take off and land and take off and land and I hate doing them but sometimes certainly for learning you have to every single time it can be only a few minutes later and it's still a different experience and you have to embrace that change you can't because there's part of us it's the only part of life that we know absolutely change happens and yet it's the part of life we all resist we we want what we know what we used to what we're comfortable with what doesn't scare us and so we can pull our head pull the duvet over and and hide and a lot of people when life's changes happen do that and it's it's probably an important process for a certain length of time but eventually you've got to peek over the duvet and go okay what's here now what am I left with um how long did it take you to get over your fear of flying I still haven't to be honest I'm still a, a scared pilot I still every time I take off it's like because it it isn't one of those where you just fake it till you make it it's it can honestly all go wrong. Oh, yes, and if of course. If you haven't got your wits about you, it can go horribly wrong. It doesn't often, and it's very safe, you know, and sort of one flying um, incident will hit the headlines. But if you think 
there are lots of people doing it and um, it doesn't, how often do you hear about that? But there are safety checks. There are rules. You have to focus. You have to be, you have to be in the moment. That's the other thing. You can't be somewhere else in your head. Every time you open that throttle, you know, one, you are coming back to ground. Definitely. If it's going to be a safe, calm, wonderful landing, it will take all your skill as a pilot. And it never, I remember saying to my husband at one stage, at what point does it become just like automatic? You don't think that when you drive. But if you remember when you first learned to drive, I remember my daughter was like a a mongoose looking around and, you know, the steering wheel and everything. All your senses are flooded with and he went, never, never. And you you don't, there is a portion of you, I know I have landed on this runway hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of times. But the wind is a bit different. I'm feeling a bit different. The it changes constantly. So you are constantly aware. Um you you have to be. On, on your game all the time. It's not, it's never just coasting because even just sort of going up and basically flexing your flying muscles and landing again is still something. It's, 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 it's not necessarily heart in the mouth anymore, but you never know. I mean, I remember one pilot, another woman, there are more and more women coming into it now, um, telling me how she'd done one circuit and our circuits, we've got a tiny airfield of three minutes and she'd landed in good weather, gone up and done another circuit and couldn't see the runway because oh she had gosh. misjudged the weather. And the weather was so, is so changeable. You know, in the UK, you can, it, mm. it you know, those clouds coming in, are they headed your way or not? It's but that's part of the magic, and that's what I loved. But I realized, and people said to me, oh, why don't you become a, um, an instructor, a flying instructor? And I thought, you've got to be kidding. I find this terrifying for myself. I don't want it to, because they're safe. An instructor, you sort of go up there and everyone tries to kill you. Um, <laughs> so, but I realized that it's very, because I was doing personal development. And I realized that everything I was learning about flying was in personal development. It was the sense of pushing beyond your comfort zone, of uh, putting effort and energy in, of acknowledging that every time you something new you aren't comfortable with, you have to repeat and repeat and repeat to become comfortable with something. You... Um, you have to take those opportunities when the number of times I've gone, well, you know, not today, doesn't, I'm, I'm going to do something else. And you get a week of bad weather when you can't fly. You've got to grab that opportunity as it happens. And, and those are all the same things that you learn in personal development that open you to change. And, and that's how I ended up becoming a coach because it started um, 
it started the ball rolling. And I still fly. I've got a blog. I, I, that's, I started writing a blog about flying. And, um, and I think a lot of guys appreciated it because I think women are much more in willing and able to talk about it's darn scary. Yeah. You know, doing this, yes, I know how to land at this airfield, but that doesn't make me not worry about landing at the next airfield. It's mm -hmm. it's all different. Circuit pattern might be different. You never know. Um, everything is impacting on. There might be another air, airplane in the in the circuit ahead of me, and what impact will that have? Um, the, there might be a gust of wind that whips up just as you're about to land. So you, you can't ever just go, I've got this. You know that saying they're old pilots and they're bold pilots, but they're no old, bold pilots. Oh, and I, I haven't heard I, that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite true. Yeah. Um, so, so I took those changes that I was getting and I used them in building up my coaching practice, which, because there are lots of women, I think, who you come to a point in life where you may be not that, you're not working the way you used to be, you, you don't have the, um, often it's about the status, you've lost status, you've yeah. lost a lot of the labels that we, and enjoy, you've lost the beauty, you've lost the all sorts of things. And you have to find another way of being. But if you shut down and you closed about it, you, you're, you've, you don't have that growth mindset that open to opportunity. That it was, it was the word confusion and curiosity that actually started my, my whole journey that be, because I'm, I, I suppose I, I have done well. It's not something I enjoy. I'd never do things that I couldn't do ultimately. And starting flying was something I, I had no background. I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't understand it. It was totally alien. There were times I felt like I was an alien on that airfield. I just had no point of contact with the, the, the men who were flying, the, the whole, they'd, they'd be talking and I wouldn't understand a word of what they were saying. Nowadays, you know, you're sitting discussing the wind and the cross crosswind and the runway and the whatever. I mean, I think when it becomes a flying ball, but, but it's, it's thrilling and exciting. It's, it's really special. And then, I wonder what it was uh, that um, that made you say yes to that opportunity that day. Well, it was it, it was literally going. It was an an NLP course, neuro linguistic programming, yes. that started it. And and I remember the guy saying, instead of saying no to what you don't know and you don't understand, say yes and see where it where it takes you. And. I knew I had to. I knew something had to be different. I had to change something. Otherwise, I was sort of, my life was crunching down on me. I sort of, there was no, no future, no hope for 
where I was going and how I was going to, and I knew I had a lot of gifts. I had a lot of talent. I had energy. I had everything, but I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So how to channel it. Yeah. 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 Wow. The power of, of personal development and coaching for all of this to have come out of that. It is. It's amazing. And I mean, every time, and you say, so when did you conquer the fear? And every time, literally, as you push that throttle, because it's a very decided, and even though I fly with my husband, um, one of us, one or other is flying. They're very strict um, safety things. It's not sort of, well, maybe it's you, and because we can yeah. both fly. Um, and he can fly from the other seat just as well. But it's, I am in control. And they'll there's something about it that you know now you muster that focus and it's different this is my responsibility but it never loses I mean the the times you're just sitting and chilling and it's it's magic but you're quite relaxed but there's always the knowledge that this could change at any moment yeah something could come out of the sky and you have to respond very quickly and you know the engine could fail that's my uh I really don't want that to happen Um, I suppose that's the difference between being relaxed and complacent yes you cannot be complacent you absolutely there's no chance for that and we do prefer to just sort of chill and get complacent in in our lives and then of course yeah make it a new comfort zone and, and, and sort of sink into that. And then those blinkers come back and we don't, we stop looking at things. And that's what's magic about flying and what keeps you on your toes. And it's what one of the people that, that really inspired me all along was a pilot who was, he was 95 then and he's over a hundred now. We helped celebrate his birthday. In Still May. flying. Uh, well, he's not always P1 because um, because of insurance issues, but yeah. he loves to fly. That's all he he does. He's um, he's just amazing, and and it's this. I've often, you know, he goes, "Oh, I did nothing. I just got old." But he has this passion, and it's that passion. My mother had it too for art. It was just what got her up in the morning. It's what gets Ted up in the morning. This this thing beyond yourself and your old achy, creaky body that he can't sort of stand up straight, but he knows this is what he gets out of life and it's yeah. wonderful and magic. Yeah. I was going to say it must be, gosh, for him, as you say, in a sort of a, a, a creaky, possibly sort of, painful or uncomfortable body mm-hmm. to to know that he can get out in his plane um, or in a plane you know with potentially somebody else piloting but nonetheless get up there in the sky oh, and then he'll fly I mean when when um if you let him fly he will absolutely he's and he's been doing that since I think he was a, a lad of 17 he started in the war so he's a he's an amazing and and when you see these older people with with this passion that lights them up it's it's magic it just it transforms you but I've seen with the coaching now um helping women it's I remember 
someone telling me she had done, finished uh, one of the courses that I offer, and she said, actually, work has got worse, not better. But how I handle it is completely different. And I thought, that, that's the secret, isn't it? It's not that the outside changes. It's that we change and how we approach things and how we handle things and how we react. And that, that it's that it's an NLP phrase, focus, meaning, action. What we focus on, the meaning we give it, and the action we take from it. And if we're always looking at, say, loss as a negative, we're putting ourselves into unconsciously or consciously into a downward spiral. And it's not a sort of sense of, oh, smile and, and have a fake smile. It's literally, I, I found gratitude hugely important in shifting from that downward spiral to what do you actually have? How many just mm. having eyes, having your working limbs, being just being alive is, is something to be grateful for. And then like in lockdown when we couldn't fly and we, and you'd go around, I had a group then that a WhatsApp group and we were just sharing inspiration and upbeat, you know, no, no COVID, no pandemic, no um, stories about anything. And I was looking for what, what is there beautiful in my work, walk that I can inspire these people with? What can I see? And we had the, the, the most beautiful spring that in yes, 2020, it was just, yeah. it was also, we'd had rubbish flying weather and the day uh, lockdown happened, the flying weather went perfect. It was oh. just perfect sky. So every day I'd go up and stand up at Ali Pali and look at the visibility and the, the flying weather. But I mean, you can't focus on what you can't have. It was no. amazing the discipline that this group then gave me of what can I show other people about the beauty that I can see on my daily walk up and down, up and down the hill. And I think it's that, that looking. You've got to consciously go and find beauty. And sometimes there ain't much of it. No. Or it's one little flower in the weed, you know, one little weed in bloom. But if you start focusing on that, you start seeing other things and it lifts your mood and it's a, that's an upward spiral. So then you get to the stage like this client saying, the work hasn't changed, it's in fact got worse, but I cope with it in a totally different way. And I think that's that's how you affect change. Yeah. That must be so rewarding to hear a, a client say that, that you know, that's, that's the purpose, isn't that's... it? Being able to help somebody grow in that way, that actually it doesn't matter what life throws at them. They've you know learned or gained or or bought out of themselves because I believe we've all got these gifts and abilities it's just whether we can actually access them and use them mm. to be able to to deal with that situation it's why I did it it's I remember when I I remember once sitting on a on a on a bench and I just finished reading Martha Beck's find your find your own north star 
I just, the tears were running down my cheeks. I was so, I was A, inspired, but B, it was, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And I thought if I can help one other woman not have to go through this, this anguish that I'm going through, it will be worth it. So the idea of helping more than one other woman go not go through, you know, just have a different outlook, just embrace change. And, and like I had, I had a woman who I think was mourning. She had a little three-year-old. And I think you mourn the loss of you as a young single that, or, or a young couple and, and she managed to say to me for the first time, and her figure, you know, you're, you've yeah. got a mum's tum. And she said, I looked at my body in the mirror and it was the first time, and a kid is three, that I managed to love what I looked like, that I didn't go, uh. And I, it's, th- it's, it's all of that. It's that embracing who we are right now mm-hmm. and not, not some future self, but just acknowledging and being inspired and accepting of of us now that's that's important honoring there's a lovely phrase honor the struggle and and i really think it's important that we accept it's it's not always easy it's not always possible but it's can you get yourself out of that hole that you know, we can all fall down and feel miserable and and life takes a unimaginably bad turn. And I think the pandemic has shown us so many people have had so much to struggle with. And yeah. I know for myself, it's been, it's, um, my son's been ill and it's been sometimes unbearable. But it's knowing and having having a, belief and a a method of I have these tools to help me process and get out of this keep moving forward because that's all we've got isn't it yeah absolutely and you know I'm a great believer in that you know there's an ebb and flow to life and that when you're in a difficult challenging situation you know it it will pass and yeah. you know, good times will come again. So I think having that, having that belief, helps you then look forward and and stay open to to having those opportunities or taking those opportunities that that arise. And sometimes, even when you're going through dark times, it's simply stopping to see, you know, like. It was like going on those walks in lockdown, stopping and seeing a blossom and letting it lift you. The little things, they're not always big, grand, expansive things. So, yeah, I, I found coaching is, has helped me and feel I, I'm helping other, other women find and a more open, expansive way of, of being. And all of this came from saying yes. Saying yes to a flight that I <laughs> was flight, determined yeah. I was never going to go on. <laughs> but it 
That carpet, I still take lots of photos and I, I, you, I do them on my um, flying blog. Yeah, what, um, what's your blog called? The flying one is yeah. funtofly.blog. Yeah, and but the two is a is a number two, fun and yes, two. two. Yeah. And um and then they have crept into some of my coaching because a lot of the coaching, a, a lot of the analogies, a lot of the words like um pushing the envelope is a flying term. Um oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, you know, give yourself lift. The book, I, I started writing a book. Um, which got a bit derailed because I've just got another um, coaching certification last year. I just got it on the last closing day of yes, congratulations Christmas, on that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, so that got my writing got a bit derailed, but um, there are not a lot of, as you can hear, there are a lot of analogies between flying and um, and there are times you think, oh, I won't bother. I'll, you know, it's a bit. It's a bit dodgy today and you've got to push yourself. You, you know, you don't always feel like it, but you think, okay, the weather's, the weather's saying, yes, let me get in and go. Or, um, you know, the stories you can tell, you can talk yourself out of doing a lot mm. of things in life generally, can't you? You yes. can sort of, yeah. now leave that for another time. I won't, won't bother, won't do that now. It's that comfort zone, that duvet that we keep pulling over ourselves and thinking, oh, go away. I'd rather rather sit here and have another um, whatever it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've got a <laughs> – I had a, an exact experience of that this morning, quite literally pulling the duvet up over my head. So I've started um, cold water swimming in the last year. Oh. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine there's, – there's a group that goes every morning at um, – in our local river at 6.45. And I've been a couple of times, but, you know, it's so dark and I've, I find it really challenging to, to get dry and changed quick enough um, in the dark. And a friend of mine said, oh, you know, she was going to go this morning. And, you know, I thought, my God, it's minus five overnight. It's going to be like one oh, degree. Wow. And she went and apparently it was the most amazing sunrise. And you know, now I'm like, oh, do you know what? I literally laid there at the time that I knew they'd be getting in the water with my duvet pulled up, just thinking, <laughs> I'm so snug and warm in here. They're going to be so flipping cold there in the jetty and then in the water. And then afterwards, I'm like, damn, why didn't I go? Why didn't I say yes to that? <laughs> but but I think that's one of the things with this um, one of many coaching certification that I did. And that's why I did it, because I think there are times as women, there was something about, because coaching comes from a very masculine world, a very sort of go, 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 burn the boats. Yeah. And I kept wondering, what is it about it that there's something about it that holds me back? And it was this realization that as women, we, we, it's not always right. There's sometimes times when you, you don't want to, certainly you don't want to burn your boats because we are programmed, you know, from evolution, not to, to nurture our family, to keep mm. our nest safe, to, to not exactly not burn the boats. So yes, there are times you've got to push yourself out and, and, and it's a subtle balance, isn't it? There are times you know you should just give yourself a good kick up the bum, but yeah. there are other times that you need to be able to go, 
no, no, not, not, this isn't the, my, the time for me to push myself. And it's about knowing that, but that's been hugely important for me in, in this coaching and why I, why I did this last year, 2021, a new certification, because it was very much tuned into women and their changing energies. Mm. And, you know, there are times whether or not we are um, cycling or um, we, we still have different energies at yeah. certain times and we have to honour those. And there, there's a time that you just want to go and look after yourself and huddle in a ball and that's okay too. I think that's really important because otherwise we beat ourselves up and we sort of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And it's hard though, when when are you just ducking out of yeah, a jolly yeah. bit, you know, fun, fun moment and talking yourself out of it? And when are you actually just being true to where you're at right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I have the opportunity Minus to, to five, go swimming. I know. Horrendous like <laughs> day you know, to go we're, swimming. We're in January, so there will be plenty more opportunities for a I think uh, so. for a minor something so. dip. <laughs> I just didn't fancy it this morning. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for for sharing your story. I mean, what an amazing thing to have to have come out of that that period where you just felt everything was sort of closing in and and not knowing which way to turn and and just going on that course and and having the confidence to to say yes to that one opportunity of a, yeah, of a flying yeah. lesson and and here you are now it's that's and where yeah. it went from there because I, I mean I've now got uh, a license to fly um two types of because I told you in the earlier about GA flying which yeah. is a different type of flying and so in lockdown um my husband and I obviously could fly together because we were in a bubble and um there were times we you had to fly to keep your engine there's some engines that needed to be okay they yeah. only work in the air they don't you can't right. leave them unflown and I ended up just after lockdown immediately going to get a new license in in a GA for a GA plane so I felt very much like I'd used my time well but yeah excellent empowering yes yes no it is it is but it's especially amazing now and now I'm really going to focus on on taking women through these transformational sort of 12-week courses of learning how to work with who they are and what they are right now. So, yeah, I'm wondering. There's, um, you know, there's a, a growth in in coaching, sort of outdoors and walking and hiking and and doing coaching that way. Is there a, a possibility for for coaching in the air? <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, it would take your concentration away from the flying, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think I think it just might. I think you could be so focused on telling someone something that you might not notice that actually you um, you've climbed out of the you, your plane has gone up or down, and yeah. airspace is is an issue because right where I am down near London, we've got Luton, Stansted, Gosh, London yes. Heathrow, London City. You know, if you you've got to weave your way between the um, airspace 
So you absolutely cannot stop looking at how high you are no I think I think maybe maybe when you've landed but um so so maybe down the line I'll be taking people for a for a flight and showing them what it's like and then and then talk about what you get from from flying but well that would be amazing if you ever offer that service I'll (laughs) I'll let you know I'll let you know (laughs) Sanushin, if women wanted to work with you, then how can they find you? Well, they can go and have a look at my website, which is um, www.re-frame.coach. So that's re-frame.coach. Or they can find me on Facebook, Reframe Coaching, just one word. Or they can look up my name on, on Facebook, which is the, the most unusual, and, and um, message me. And I'd love to talk to anyone who's interested in working with me. I do all sorts of different courses with women. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time today. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. And, um, yeah, can't, can't wait to, to try out your <laughs> coaching in the air experience, should you ever... <laughs> Well, I'll I'll be working on that this year, Rachel. (laughs) Not just yet, Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, you'll get your book finished this year as well, which will be really interesting. Then we can have another chat. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, yeah, so thank you so much. And thank you for having me. That was really great, having having a look, looking back and seeing the journey I've been on has been has been really interesting for me too thank you brilliant thank you thank you Nushim what an interesting story about how losing the known anchors in your life and then having the courage to say yes and conquering fears enriches your life in such an unexpected and expansive way If you'd like to find out more about Nushin's work, please check out Reframe Coaching. Links are in the episode notes. Thank you to everyone who supports me in the production of this podcast, to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music, and finally to you, the listener. Please share, subscribe, leave a comment or review. Thank you so much. I'll be back with another lesson from loss.